Hi friends, welcome to the FBC Tuttle podcast. Thanks for joining us this week. We are so glad you're here. Each week on our podcast, you'll hear messages from our pastor, Brother Marty Williams. If you'd like to join us for worship, we meet every Sunday at 1045 a.m. Central in Tuttle, Oklahoma and online at fbctuttle.net. Now, let's get started. You know, we have been, uh, we've been in the Gospel of John chapter 15, and we have been talking about Jesus' command to abide, uh, to continue, to remain, even to dwell, to abide in me. Jesus said, abide in my love. Live, remain in the knowledge that you are, that you are loved and cared for. By Almighty God. He created you in His image. And He has gloriously saved you. If you have trusted in the work of Jesus to do that. He said, abide in my word. Keep on trusting my word. Keep on trusting my voice. Keep on listening to me. Keep on, keep on hearing me. Keep on reading and studying and meditating on, the, on my word. And listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit. And he said, keep on obeying. Keep on obeying. You know, to, to know the truth... And to not obey the truth is a very dangerous thing. Romans chapter 2 talks about that. It's, it's a sermon for another time, not, not for this morning. But, but abide in me. Last week we talked about the fact that in this passage, John chapter 15 verse 8 kind of sums it all up. I'm going to read the the whole text in a minute, but it says, By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit. By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, and so you will be my disciples. You know, I was reminded this week that, uh, that nothing we do adds to the glory of God. God, God, is, God is who He is. He is all glorious, completely in and of Himself. And He does not need anything that I can do to make Him more glorious. I, I, don't, I don't know if that, if that comes across as, when I preach, but, but, but as we abide in, in Him, right, and as we, this passage is all about producing fruit, right, by abiding in God, and, and by this is my Father glorified that you produce much fruit, but the only, the only way that that works is that as we are obedient and he, and he blesses our abiding in the vine, abiding in Jesus, remaining and staying in Jesus, is that His glory can be reflected through us. And what a glorious thing that is. That He would choose to use His creation to manifest His glory. You know, as we, as, as we look at this passage, 
the passage about bearing fruit, it talks about two kinds of branches. It talks about the branches that bear fruit, and God prunes them, and He uses them, and they bear fruit, and they bear more fruit, and they bear much fruit. And then He talks about other branches, other branches that don't bear fruit. And ultimately, in, in verse 6, it says that, that those branches that don't bear fruit are gathered up and burned. And it's, it's just once again a, a reminder to me. Now, I don't know how this fits into my sermon. I haven't even started it yet. But it's a reminder to me that, that there are two, two kinds of people on the whole earth. Those that trust God and that are saved and that are, have eternal life. And those that don't. And that's it. There's lots of different ways of looking at people. But ultimately, Almighty God, that's the way He's going to look at it. And, and as, we th- as I think about just the, the thousands that have died in the last 48 hours that, that we know about in the news... The first thing that I think about is I, how many of them knew Christ. And that's, that's at the core of why, we, why we're where we're at, why we do what we do, why I'm preaching what I've been preaching. That we are to go make disciples of all the nations baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son of the Holy Spirit and teach them to observe all that I have commanded you. And, and, I, and I've been focused on teaching them to do all that I have commanded you, but, but I'm reminded that first we got to make disciples. And in, and in, the, in the passage that, that we've been looking at for what? This is the third week, I think, now that I've been on John chapter 15. The, the first fruit that we bear are folks that through our lives and through our witness and through our testimony and through our preaching and our teaching and our conversation and our lives that that come to understand that there is a God that loves them and they give themselves to Him. You know, I told you last week we were going to talk about pruning a little bit, and, um, and I'm going to get to that. John chapter 15, I'm going to read verses 1 through 10. It says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. And every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered, 
and they gather them and they throw them into the fire and they are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. And by this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. As the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept the Father's commandments and abide in his love. This morning, primarily, I want to deal with the first four verses of uh, John chapter 15, 1 through 10. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. We've talked about that, right? The vine dresser being the one that is responsible for the vine. He is the one that gets the fruit. It is all about, it is all about the vine dresser and his glory. And the vine dresser is God. Jesus said, I am the vine, and you are the branches. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Jesus speaks of two two different branches, those that bear fruit and those that do not. We already know from the passage that those that bear fruit are true disciples. They are true followers of Jesus. They have, they have been saved. They are indeed his disciples. He says that two or three different times, that they are the branches that bear fruit. These are people that, that have repented of their sin. They've confessed Christ as Lord. They've been born again by the Holy Spirit of God. We must understand that. That being saved is not raising your hand at some point in time. And it's, it's not walking down an aisle. It's not going to church. It's not, <clears throat> it's not something that, that you do. It is something that God does. Earlier in John chapter 3, one had come to Jesus to want to know, what do I need to do? And Jesus said, you must be born again. You must be born of the Spirit of God. Now that may sound strange to us, but it won't if you're saved. He didn't understand it because the Holy Spirit of God had not done that in his life. At least yet. Jesus said, Paul Paul wrote that all who call on the name of the Lord will be saved. All who call on the name of the Lord will be saved. So, I mean, today, you almost gave an invitation at the beginning of the service last week. I want to say again today, if you sense the Lord drawing you, drawing you to call on Him, you know what call on Him is? Oh, God, I need you. That's all it is. And if you sense the Holy Spirit of God drawing you today, can I just urge you to say yes, to repent, come to Jesus? The Apostle Paul called it, called this, this living in the vine, this, this being a part of the vine, this branch remaining in the vine. Paul 
The Apostle Paul called it the mystery of the gospel, which is Christ in you. Christ in you. That's what Jesus was talking about when he said, born of the, born of the Spirit. Right? It's, it's, an, it's, an, it's, an amazing, it's an amazing thing. That when we are saved, when we call on God, and when we are born again, that the Holy Spirit of God comes to indwell us. Comes to abide in us. And we begin to abide in Him. You know, I, the Apostle Paul in, in uh, uh, where is it? I don't, I don't remember now. Talk, talks about the, the Gentiles being grafted in to the people of God. You know that grafted in, that's a vine growing term. Right? I don't know if you guys are familiar with how grafting works. How, how many of you know what grafting is? All right, good. Most of you. Fantastic. You probably know more than me. Right? But, but I, I've seen it. I've seen it. My, my dad and mom on their farm, they had a persimmon tree. And one of my nephews wanted a persimmon tree. And, and somehow he cut that tree... And he, and he wrapped some stuff around that tree until, until another smaller persimmon tree began to grow right, I mean, right on it. And, I mean, it wasn't planted in the dirt. It was just attached to the tree. And you know what? Before long, it became a part of that tree. The same, the same life that caused the tree to grow, that produced the fruit on the tree, went into that little grafted stick. And it became a part of that tree. And Jesus, in, in John chapter 15, he says, that's, that's what it's about. That as, as we come to Christ, as we believe in, in, in the work of Jesus on the cross, as the Holy Spirit comes to indwell us, God grafts us into His kingdom. And we receive life. And out of that life, God is able to produce fruit. Whatever, whatever kind of fruit. Whatever fruit He wants. Now, last week, I really slighted the fruit of the Spirit, which I believe is the primary fruit, right? I mean, we talked about all the different kinds of fruit, right? The praise of lips being fruit. We talked about uh, those that we witness to that accept Christ being fruit, and all those things are true. And then the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians 5.22, right? Love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, gentleness, self-control, those are all attributes that the Holy Spirit of God, because we have received the Spirit of God and we are alive in Christ, God causes those things to be produced in our lives that His glory may be manifest in us. And there is nothing, there is nothing the branch does other than abide. That's it. 
And you know what? It's no work to abide. It's no work. God does it. God does it through the power of his Holy Spirit. He, he, he causes us to abide. He does, he does everything. Now, you know, I told you that we were going to talk about the pruning, and, and, I, and I, I do. I want, to, I want to, to talk about that a little bit, right? Um, verse 2 says, Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And, and, that, and that word, takes away, is the word um, ario. Ario, okay? And, and it's, it's not, it's not the, the word that would normally use to be, for something to be cut off and thrown in the fire. Okay, I mean, we see that word in verse 6 when it says, those that do not bear fruit is cast off. That, that's, what that, that's what that word means. Right? But, th- but this Greek word really means lifted up. Lift it up. And, and you know, if you can, if you can imagine, and, and, and it's pretty easy to imagine. Most of us have seen vines and stuff that, that grow. You know, we trimmed some trees down at my mom's yesterday, and one of the trees that we trimmed was a mulberry tree. And I'm telling you, the branches on that tree grow like a vine. I mean, some of them were 15 feet long. But you know what? They needed to be cut off. They were, they were just wild. They weren't, they weren't growing to, to, to give any benefit of the tree. They were just making a mess. Right? And, and, and we can imagine a, a grapevine. Some of you may have grown grapes. I've never grown grapes, so I don't know. But I, I can imagine how quickly those vines grow. They say that it's not unusual to, for, a, for a vine dresser, for a, a guy that owns a vineyard, to cut off 10 feet of vine that has grown. And, and, and when it grows and it's wild like that, if it, if, it just, if it grows down, right, and it's laying on the ground, then the vine dresser may come. And he may pick it up. He may pick that vine up. And he may put it on a trellis or over the fence or, or something to train it to grow properly. He may trim off you know, some small shoots of it or something to, for, it to, for it to produce like what he wants it to do. It doesn't necessarily mean just because there's no fruit on it that he's going to chop it off and throw it away. Now it could mean that. But it doesn't have to. Because this, because this word, this picture that we see of the branch that not bearing fruit, he lifts up. And it says, in every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. That word prunes has as its root word the word cleanse. We, we see that actually in, in the next verse. Because Jesus will tell these disciples that, that you're already clean from the words that I have spoken to you. Now one thing we got to remember is that these 11 that were with him, they were true disciples. The false disciple, Judas, was no longer with him. He had already been cast off. He was no longer a part. So as Jesus is talking to them, he, he, he says, 
you know, that the, that the vine dresser proves, prunes, cleanses, prunes those that, that produce fruit, that they may produce more fruit. But he says, you're already cleansed. You're already clean because of the word that I've spoken to you. Gives us an idea. I don't know what comes to your mind when you think about pruning. Most of the time, I think that when we think about pruning, we think about bad things happening to us. We think about affliction, or we think about persecution, or we think about majorly bad things. And I think that there, that there could be some of that. But I think what Jesus is talking about here is a pruning that occurs because of the word that he speaks. He said, you're already clean because the word that I have spoken to you Got to figure out where I'm at. He had, he had just taught them about the work of the Holy Spirit in John chapter 14 that was coming. He says, when I go, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit to you. And he said, and when the Holy Spirit comes, it is his job to convict of sin and to convince of righteousness. So, so this pruning that happens, what, 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 what is the knife that, that God uses to, to prune us? Because we are branches. If you're saved, you're a branch that produces fruit. You're not a branch that's been cast off. You're a branch that produces fruit. What is the knife that God uses to prune us? And, and, and some, some scripture that will help us, I think, to, to kind of put two and two together and get this. The, the writer of Hebrews, in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, tells us this. It's a familiar passage. You probably know it. It says, for the word of God, for the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirits and of joints and of marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. The Word of God is sharper than a two-edged sword. I believe that it is through the convicting and the convincing work of the Holy Spirit that God drives us to the Word of God where we see the goodness and the grace and the glory of God. And we see things from God's perspective. And He uses that word to prune that which is not of God out of our lives so that we can produce more fruit. The Apostle Paul experienced that. If you think about it, the Apostle Paul experienced that when he, when he, when he spoke of and when he wrote of his thorn in the flesh. You remember that? He talks about his thorn in the flesh, and he says, Three times I prayed that the Lord would remove this thorn from the flesh, which is a messenger of Satan. I mean, he identified what the thorn was. It's a messenger of Satan. Now, we don't necessarily know specifically what it was, don't really even care. Right? But he said, it's a messenger of Satan, and he prayed that God would remove it from him. And he prayed that, and he prayed that, and he prayed that. Right? And then, he got a word from God. And the word from God was, my grace is sufficient for you, Paul. Paul. 
And immediately, Paul's attitude and his mind changed. He says, I glory in my affliction because in my weakness, I experience his strength. That's pruning. That's pruning. God changed, God did a work in his life through understanding the word of God. My grace is sufficient for you to produce a greater work, a greater fruit. And Paul understood it as a strengthening that came from God. He might as well have said, I am a weak branch, but through Christ, I'm strong. Through the vine, I am strengthened. Through the vine, I, I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. He ends up writing. And, and it's, it's that word of pruning that I believe is primarily that Jesus is speaking of. That, that listening to the Word of God, listening to, and, and you understand the Word of God and the voice of the Holy Spirit of God are exactly the same things. Right? They're exactly the same things. So that Holy Spirit voice that you hear, that is, that is the Word of God. Sometimes we mistake that and we think, well, you know, I wonder if that was God or I wonder if that was me. Well, guess what? If you're a Christian, that was God. And, and, and when we listen to that and we, and we obey that, then we produce fruit that the Father intends us to produce. Problem is, we don't always respond like that, do we? Now, when I think about when I think about responses to the Holy Spirit of God, you know, I, two, two different words come to my mind that are used in Scripture, and I, you know, I didn't intend to preach on this, but this is where it's going anyway. Two different responses come to my mind when I when I think about how we respond to the Holy Spirit of God, how we respond to the Word of God, and, and one of those is we resist the Holy Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit prompts us and we say, Nah, I don't think so. Why? Well, because we don't trust God enough to think that that's what's best for us. We think what we want to do is what's best. Well, guess what? With God, without God. That's silly. And yet, that's, that's what we do. So sometimes we resist the Holy Spirit of God. What's the other thing that we do, the Holy Spirit of God? Huh? Grieve. Thank you. Who said that? Thanks, Robert. We grieve the Holy Spirit of God. When we resist, we grieve the Holy Spirit of God. And does God say, well, I, I, yeah, I guess you're right. That We don't have to do it my way. No, he does not. Right? It's his way. His ways are best. He says, no, we're going we're gonna to end up, we're going to get there anyway. So I will stay after you until you come along. 
I think about a couple of people in Scripture. Well, let me ramble on here for a minute. In my, uh, in my yard, I have a pecan tree, big pecan tree. And uh, like right now, it is loaded with pecans. It has got lots and lots of pecans on it for the, for the most part. Almost every major branch has got some branches on it that grow straight up and have got a lot of leaves on them and not one single pecan. In a time when I was taking better care of my pecan trees, I would have pruned that pecan tree. I would have cut those branches off because they just take the nutrients out of the ground. They take sunshine that could have gone to other fruit-bearing branches. They're worthless. And I would have lovingly, because I love my pecans, I would have cut those suckers, what my dad always called them, I would have cut those sucker limbs off of that tree and burned them. So that the limbs that are producing fruit do better. More pecans, bigger pecans, better pecans. Every once in a while, we get an ice storm comes through Oklahoma, and on more than one occasion, that ice storm has wreaked havoc on my pecan tree, and it pruned out way more stuff than what I would have ever have done on purpose, and in fact, I get a little fired up mad when that happens. But as I'm thinking about this pruning knife of God and the Word of God and His desires, you know, I think, okay, was, was that ice storm, was that God pruning my pecan tree? Because I didn't do a good enough job pruning my pecan tree? And I don't know that I necessarily have an answer. I was talking to a friend of mine on the phone Friday, and, and he said, you know what? Since the fall of the, in the garden, sin and, sin and devastation has entered our earth. And it wreaks havoc on everything. I thought, well, okay, that could be a reason for the ice storm. It's of the devil. Then I think about life of Joseph, who, a boy that God had his hand on, brothers hated him, sold him into slavery, taken away from his home. Is that of the devil? After he was sold into slavery, he was sold to a man named Potiphar. Potiphar's wife falsely accused him, and he was thrown in prison for years. Was that of the devil? Years later, 17 years later, 
He's the number two guy in all of Egypt. Having come through all of those ice storms, I don't know what else to call it, Having come through all of those ice storms, he comes face to face with his brothers that, that they viewed as the cause of his problems. Because they're the ones that did it. They're the ones that threw him in the hole. They're the ones that sold him into slavery. They're the ones that started the whole mess in his life. And he said, God, you meant it for evil, but God intended it for good. So you see, sometimes... That pruning of God is, is, is it's bigger than what we would like for it to be. And I would say most all the time, we don't understand it. We don't know why it happens. But you know something? Our response to it is exactly the same. It's exactly the same. Because you see, at the end of the day, what we have to ask ourselves is this. Do I trust God? Do I trust God? Am I going to live and believe, Romans 8, 28, for all things work together for good to those who love God and are called according to His purpose? Am I going to believe that? In the midst of however God intends the pruning to happen in my life. We don't know why he uses different things. I don't know why he uses ice storms. Probably Joseph didn't understand why. Job probably didn't understand why. Right? But, but the reality is God is a sovereign God. And he intends for those of us who are his children, who have been saved by grace through faith, he intends and will cause us to produce fruit. And the, con the converse is also true. Those branches that are not his, he will cast out and they will be burned. And that's the reason that as, as fruitful branches, it's so important for us to yield ourselves. The branch does nothing but yield itself to the vine. All I do is listen for the Holy Spirit. I, I say that like I'm good at it. I don't mean that I'm good at it. All that God intends for me to do is to listen to His Word, listen to His Holy Spirit that speaks to me, and do what He says. And it's just, it doesn't get any, it's, it doesn't, there's nothing other than that. There's nothing other than that. There's nothing other than listening to the voice of God through the Word, through the Holy Spirit. And He will produce the fruit in our lives that He intends to produce that others may see it and experience it. And He is glorified in it. And, and we need to to trust, trust the vine dresser enough to understand that we may not, I suspect that all pruning hurts. You know why it hurts? Because it's not what we had in mind. Right? It's not what we, what we saw ourselves wanting. Well, we, we, don't, we don't have the mind of God, Romans 
11.33, right, that I read at the beginning of the service. He knows best. He is everything, right? And what He does in our life will be for His glory. And you know what it does for us? Jesus, Jesus says, like in verse 11, I think, of, of this passage in John chapter 15, He says, these things I have spoken to you that your joy may be full. You see, the the pruning that the Father does ultimately brings us joy. Look at Joseph. Look at Job. Two incredible examples of, of, of men that went through what had to have been such painful stuff that I can't even imagine. And yet in the end, they saw themselves, they knew that they were used of God to be what God intended them to be. Can I just tell you, whatever you're going through right now, and everybody, if you are a child of God, you will be pruned to produce more fruit. And it may be as, it may be as simple as a convicting word that says, hey, I want you to go see this person, speak a blessing to them, witness to them, whatever it may be. It may be God calling you to, to give up a habit that you know you shouldn't have ever started to begin with. Through His abiding power, you can, you can deal with that. It may be that you start something that you know you should have been doing. Through the abiding power of the vine, you can do that. Because all power is in the vine as we abide. And it's just as simple as remaining in Christ. Remain in me. Abide in me. Don't fight me. Don't resist me. Say yes to me. Amen. Wayne, come lead us in a hymn of invitation. Sure took me a long time to say that, didn't it? I don't know. There's obviously a lot more. But you know what? If it was really, really complicated, we couldn't do it. If we had to rely on ourselves to keep ourselves right with the Holy God, we couldn't do that. We can't do that. We only do it by trusting in Jesus in all circumstances. Stand with me as we sing. Without Him I could do nothing Without Him I'd surely ship without a sail. Jesus, oh Jesus, do you know him today? You can't turn him away. Oh 
Amen. Hey friends, before you go, if you have a prayer request, call the church office at 405-381-2492. If you'd like to learn more about our children's, youth, men's, women's, or senior adult ministries, visit our website at fbctuttle.net. Thanks again for joining us today. We love you and we hope you have a blessed week.